Hey everyone, this is John Mauser. I'm a fishing guide and a rod builder on the Crystal Coast of North Carolina. I'm using this podcast to build a relationship with all of you and to tell some stories along the way that will hopefully entertain, educate, and inspire everyone who's listening. This is the True Tales Podcast Show. How's it going, everybody? Hope everyone is having a fantastic week so far. All right. So the last couple of podcasts we did, we, we kind of veered off of fishing a little bit and talked about some, you know, thought process and mental stuff about presence and awareness and, you know, struggling to get to that finish line and different things like that. So wanted to bring it back around this time and just kind of focus on some fishing stuff. So, you know, I do guide and I guide full time and I get to see a lot of anglers standing on the bow of my boat. And when I get to see a lot of different anglers, I see all different types of uh, experience levels. You know, some of the people we get are complete novices and, you know, they've barely touched a fly rod and they want, they want to come out and catch a redfish or an albacore or something like that on, on fly. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a whole nother topic on its own. Um, and more often we get a lot of people who are experienced, but at different fisheries. So, you know, you, the guy who's been trout fishing five or 10 or 20 years, but He's used to throwing a, a lighter rod and casting shorter distances and, you know, drag free drifts and fishing nymphs and, and things like that. And then they want to come chase a fish that's skirting across the bottom and is aware of its surroundings. And it's if it's going to feed, it's hunting prey. So now you're trying to make it think that it's finding something it's going to chase down and eat, you know, and, and your presentation is completely different uh, for fisheries like that. And your cast and everything is completely different. And and then some of the anglers we get are are great saltwater fly anglers. You know, they they may just fish locally. They may travel all over the world, you know, so they may have experiences that I don't even have uh, that may come in and benefit them on their fishing trip. But no matter what their experience level is or the type of fishing they've done or how long they've been fishing, with 99% of those anglers that step on the bow of my boat and come chase fish with me, I've picked up on a handful of things that most of those guys do in common um, that they could correct or improve on that would greatly help their ability to catch fish and have a great time too. So here's a few things that, that I've picked up that most anglers do. Most anglers uh, fail to have themselves in a ready position or, you know, an efficient ready position so that they can make cast of those fish the second they see them without wasting any time, without getting their lines tangled around, you know, who knows what their feet, a cleat on the boat, anything like that. So that's one of the things I noticed, you know, not being in, in ready position. Uh, poor line management is another thing that I notice. Um, you know, having their line hanging off the boat or not having enough line stripped out or having the line twisted on top of itself and things like this, that when they do get that shot, um, they end up with the line tangled in a knot or wrapped around something or hanging in the water and they can't pick up and get a cast off as quick. Here's another one. A lot of them, when, when it's really important, uh, they kind of blank out and they forget the clock face positions. So say, you know, 12 o'clock is always where the point of the boat is pointing. The tip of the boat's always pointing at 12. So directly to your left is nine o'clock and directly to that angler's right is three o'clock and, and so forth. And, you know, they, they might be kind of standing off at a, a two o'clock and I call a fish at 
you know, nine o'clock and, and they turn 90 degrees to the left of their two o'clock and now they're pointing at 11 o'clock looking for a fish or they completely blank out and I'm, you know, they're staring to the right and I tell them that the fish is on the left side of the boat, you know, left, left, turn around. He's behind you, left, left. And they're so, you know, focused with their blinders on where they're looking, you know, they're, they're listening, but they're not hearing what I'm saying. So that's another thing, the communication and the clock pace. I see a lot of anglers in, in common fail on that. Another thing, this is more of a casting thing. I see lots of anglers who, and this is, I think, one of the hardest things when you try to perfect your fly casting. I see a lot of anglers who uh, fail to keep their rod tip on a straight line path when they're casting. So, you know, their, line, their, their rod tip behind them is either swinging around behind them, coming off that plane, or they're dropping their rod tip on their back cast. And, and, and if their rod tip's not following a straight line path, then their fly line is not either. And that's when you get those big loops that, you know, fall apart into the wind. They unravel and, and you end up with a bunch of slack on your cast. And, and so that's one of those things where I think, you know, they make those longer casts and those heavier rods and they're extending their casting stroke. And, and it's, it's harder for them to, they're not, they haven't practiced on keeping their rod on that straight line path. So that's something pretty common. I see with a lot of anglers that we work to correct. And the list goes on. I mean, there, there's more than that, but those are a few of the big things that I notice uh, with a lot of anglers. But there's one thing I want to talk about today that, that, that is very common among most of my anglers. Um, I see it almost every single day, even with good anglers. Um, it's something that rears its head in several different ways. It, it can frustrate them, and, and they don't even know why it frustrates them. Um, they just know that it causes whatever's happening. They're missing shots at fish. Um, they're having trouble hooking fish and if they hook the fish, often they'll lose the fish because of this thing. And this thing I'm talking about is slack. It can be slack in their cast, slack in their strip, slack when they hook up on a fish. Slack is bad when it comes to saltwater fly fishing. What is good is constantly having tension throughout your fly line and your leader. You know, basically from your hands through the rod, all the way out the tip, all the way to the fly, you should have tension and control all the time. So here's a breakdown of some of the ways I see anglers being slackers and, and the issues that being a slacker causes. One, slack in their line when they're trying to pick up a cast. Here's another one. Slack in their line during a cast between the rod tip and the fly. Also, slack in the line during a cast between their stripping hand or their, their line hand and the guides on the rod. Another one is slack in the line or the leader when they lay their cast down on the water. Also, slack in the line between the rod tip and the water once they complete the cast and the flies on the water. Another one will be slack in their line when they're stripping the fly. Also, slack in the line when they're attempting to hook a fish with a hook set. And then after that, slack in their line while they're fighting the fish. That's a lot of slacking. So let's take a second and break those apart and talk about them in a little bit more detail. All right. So the first one I mentioned, slack in the fly line when picking up a cast. So they've got their line out and they're getting ready to start a cast. And they begin moving their rod tip to lift that line off the water but their line's not straight from the rod tip out to the fly. So that first part of that casting stroke is they go to pull that line off. 
is just straightening out the slack and coming tight on the line. So they may get a quarter or a third or halfway through their casting stroke before the fly is actually moving as they're picking up off the water. So that rod's not loading until it's partially through its cast. So you're not loading energy into your rod. You're not getting the speed and you're not going to get the line speed coming off on your back cast. So it's wasteful energy. A lot of a lot of issues with slack are just wasting energy on your cast. You're, you may be going through the correct casting motions, but you're not reaping the benefits of it because of that slack. So obviously the, the answer for that is, you know, to make sure that you've gotten all your slack out of your line before you pick your rod up and cast it. That way, the second you start moving your rod tip, your whole line, your leader and your fly is moving and you're actually performing a cast, not just cleaning up slack and everything's reacting and your rod tips loading. That one's pretty simple. So the next one was slacking your fly line during a cast between the rod tip and the fly. So basically what's out your rod tip. And the problem with that when you've got during a cast and you've got slack in your line is you're not keeping your rod loaded, right? As your rod's bending, pulling that line, you are increasing the energy, you're increasing the load, you're loading your rod, right? And that energy from that rod's what's going to... Um, transfer into the line again as you stop your cast and kick your line out behind you or out in front of you. So if there's slack in the line, your rod's not bending, your rod's not loading, and you don't have the energy that you're trying to build. This can come from a, a few different things, but this is just, you know, your standard casting stuff. Like you're not accelerating all the way to a stop or your line's not following that straight line path or you're not properly casting into the wind and the wind's pushing your line. Say you got wind at your back and every time you do a back cast, your line's getting up under your line and folding it back at you, creating slack in it. So a lot of that has to do with just adjusting your casting technique so that as you're loading your rod, your rod's always under tension when it's moving and your line all the way to your fly is moving all the time. And here's another one with slack in your line during casting. Not between the rod tip and the fly, but between your line hand and your first guide on your rod. Okay, so think about this. You go into a back cast or a forward cast, and then you, if you freeze and pause once you've stopped your line and you look, and between your, if you're right-handed, between your left hand and your guide, you've got slack. You've got a bow in your line. It's not tight. Usually that's going to happen when your hands are farther apart, when you pause. Um, and what happens is when you go to cast forward, so say you do a back cast and you, Throw your line back behind you and your left hand is out to your left and your right hand is out to the right. They're, they're several feet apart and you got some slack in your line because your hands are apart like this. That slack's just going to get worse as you go to your forward cast. You're basically bringing your right hand back forward towards your left hand and you've just got this big bow in the line, right? So inner energy you're trying to create in your rod tip and loading your rod on your forward cast, you're just losing it because you're just running slack line through your guides back at your rod tip. Generally, the, the thing I see a lot of anglers do that causes that is what I would call a half haul. So if you're familiar with a double haul, basically on your back cast, you're taking your line hand and pulling your line away out the guides to load energy. And then when you stop your, your back cast, you have to quickly uh, bring your hands back together and feed that line back up into the guides. By the time your line unrolls behind you, to start your forward cast and then you haul again and you know you pull your hand away your line hand away and you create that extra energy in your rod as you push your rod forward and then when your rod stops you bring your hands back together before your line unrolls all the way 
and you just continue that process and add extra energy and extra speed into your, your rod tip, into your line, what happens is they do half of that. So what I see a lot of people do is, is they go into like a back cast, they'll take their right hand and they'll, they'll accelerate the rod back behind them and they'll pull their left hand away and now their hands are three feet apart and the line unrolls behind them and their hands are still three feet apart and they're just holding three feet of line between their hand and their guide and then they go forward into that forward cast and then they're trying to push their hands back together and they're just feeding slack line through the rod tip and the rod, if you looked at it in, in a freeze frame you'd see the rod's not bending hardly at all. The proper way to do a double haul is to make sure that before, you know, when you do your back cast, your hands come apart and they come back together before you start that forward cast. Because if your hands aren't back together and you've removed all that slack, it's actually worse for you to do a double haul improperly than it is to not do one at all. If you're not familiar with a double haul and, and you haven't learned to do one yet, just make sure that as you do your back cast, let your, your line hand follow your rod hand back to keep your hands about the same distance apart, not to create slack between your hand, your, your line hand and your guide. And then as you go forward, take both of your hands and let both of your hands travel forward. It's okay if they're a foot apart, foot and a half apart. You just don't want to bring them two or three feet apart and create that extra slack that causes your rod to unload on you. I know that's a little difficult to explain without having diagrams or showing it in person, but I hope that makes a little bit of sense for you. All right, so here's another one. Slack in your line or your leader when your cast lays out on the water, right? So you've made your cast, lays out in the water, and you got those S-curves all the way back from your rod tip to your leader and to your fly. Or, you know, 90% of your fly line lays, lays down properly, and then your leader just flops out all over the place and causes slack. The problem with that is that now you may have 50 feet of fly line out your rod tip, but your fly is only 40 feet away. So you've got to strip in 10 feet of fly line leader before your fly starts moving and reacting before everything comes tight. And in saltwater fly fishing, it comes down to the seconds as far as who's successful and who's not successful with these fish. Often, you know, your fish are caught on those first or second strips when you get their attention because you're throwing out ahead of moving fish and it's that tick, tick, tick that gets their attention. And if you're tick, tick, ticking, your fly's not moving because all you're doing is stripping in your slack and it takes you four strips or five strips to get your fly moving, um, often that fish has changed his angle or he swam past it or he's figured out what's up and he's spooked by then. That's where efficiency really comes in in these casts that you know, you want to make that cast not just a, a, a good presentation and a good, you know, good landing spot for that fly, but you want the first time you strip that fly, you want it to react. You don't want it to be cleaning up your mess while that fish is sliding up on your fly and he's figuring out what's going on as you're trying to get the fly moving. You know, th there's a lot of things, I guess, that that cause that slack in your fly line, but general, generally it's just going to come down to not properly accelerating enough with your line to get your rod loaded to kick that line out straight. Um, you know, your rod's not carrying enough energy to unroll that line all the way completely. Another thing that I've seen happen is if you don't actually have enough line stripped out and, you know, and, and you overcast what you've got stripped out and your line comes tight and then it pops and snaps back at you a couple feet and causes slack in it. Here's a little trick. If, if you do find yourself having trouble out on the water, getting your leader and your end of your line and your leader to unroll straight and you get those kind of S-curves or piles of leader, and then you've got to strip your line to get your fly moving. 
you know, really, you should never let your fly line go with your line hand on that final cast. When you shoot your line, you know, half the people completely let it out of their hand. If they're right-handed, they just drop the line out their left hand and let it go. And now they've cast in front of a fish and they have to take their eyes off the fish to look down to find the fly line that they just let go of two seconds ago to grab it again and put it under their right fingers and start stripping. And, and that causes them to miss a lot of shots. What you should do is you should uh, take your pointer finger and your thumb and make them into a loop and allow the line to freely shoot through your fingers, just like it does on the guides on the rod. And then you can pinch your fingers back together to stop it. So it's like pinch loop, pinch loop. And that's how you control your fly line, whether you're shooting it or not on your false cast and your final cast. That way you never lose control of it. You never have to take your eyes off the fish. And then you're already transferring over into your fingers so that you can start stripping and you're, and you're watching that fish the whole time. But what's good about this is, you know, getting back to making sure your leader and your fly line lays out all the way is you can feather your, the brakes on your fly line as you're, as your line shooting out. So when you go to make that last cast and you know, you're that line shooting out between your fingers and it's shooting out your guides and right as it's almost all the way unrolled, you can start putting a little bit of brakes on it. If you guys are familiar with like a uh, casting reel, like a bait casting reel for, for bass fishing, you can use your thumb to kind of put the brakes on it. So, so it doesn't free spool and, and uh, cause a bird's nest, but you can do the same thing with the fly line. You can just put a little bit of brakes on it tap, tap, tap on it as it goes to lay down. And what happens is that you're tugging on it. It's like tripping somebody and they fall forward. Well, it does the same thing. It, it's tripping your fly line from, from back by your rod and it will kick your leader out straight and to lay your fly out gently and get everything nice and straight. So that first strip, your fly is reacting to it. You should give it a shot. It works really well. All right. So here's the next one. And this was, this is a big one. I see it often, especially with uh, freshwater anglers, even if they're real experienced who haven't done a ton of saltwater fishing. And that is slack in the line between the rod tip and the water surface when they complete their cast. So imagine if you make your cast, and then when your fly hits the water, your rod tip is three, four, five feet, maybe chest level on a boat above the water surface. And your line's drooping down out of your rod tip, kind of like a hockey stick. It drops down and then it rolls out and kicks out on the water and the rest of your line lays out. Well, those three, four, five foot of line between your rod tip that's going through the air between your rod tip and the water surface is slack. So it goes right back to you've done that. You laid out this really nice cast that flies where it needs to be, but you got to strip that line and that slack because if you hold your rod tip up, one, you're not going to be able to get a hook set on the fish when, you're, when your rod's not pointing down at the water with saltwater fish. And as you strip your line, just bouncing along the water and creating slack. So the proper way to fish, to, to strip, a, strip your fly, uh, to get an eat from a fish and to hook a fish is you need to have your rod tip low. You need to have your rod tip, say, you know, six, 12 inches above the water at the most. You know, sometimes I tell people, shove your rod tip in the water. You want it low so you have that straight connection. So what happens is people make their cast and as they should, they stop their rod tip, you know, three, four feet off the water. Because it kept their, their rod tip moving in a straight line as they shot their line out. And then they let their line unroll out in front of them as they present the fly to the fish. The fly line and the fly lay on the water. And their rod is now four or five feet above the water. And then they drop their rod tip down to the water to strip it. And they immediately introduced four or five foot of slack right under their rod tip 
on the water with all those loops aligned from just lowering the rod tip. So now it's strip, 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 flies not moving and the fish is swimming past and, and you've missed your shot. The proper way to make a cast and finish with your rod tip low is to, it, it's like a two part. So you make your, your final cast, your casting stroke, you stop your rod up high, a couple feet off the, off the water, and you let your line shoot out in front of you and unroll. And as your line is shooting out of your rod tip, going towards that fish, and your line is slowly dropping towards the water, you need to lower your rod at the same speed. So when your fly touches down on the water, your rod tip touches down right above the water too. So it's a, you know, forward cast, stop, and drop. And if you do it properly and seamlessly enough, people can't even pick up that as two different movements. It looks like you casted and casted your rod tip all the way down to the water. Really what you've done is that you've casted, you've stopped, and you dropped. It's, it's such a quick change of motion that you get that stop to unload that rod and shoot your line, and then your line, your fly, and your rod tip all go down to the water at the same time on that drop. And if you do that, it'll unload all that slack out of your rod, so your rod, your line's coming out of your rod as straight as can be all the way down to the fly. You remember, you, you're keeping your line in your hand, you've transferred over, and if you do it properly, that first little strip you do, you strip two inches, that fly is going to jump two inches. And that'll get those fish's attention right away. Here's another one that we deal with often with slack. Slack in your line when you're stripping your fly in. So you make your cast and you're stripping and you're trying to get your fly to move and, and your fly's not moving as much as your strips are do doing because you've got slack in your line as you're stripping and trying to move that fly. A lot of times this doesn't have anything to do with the angler having an improper technique it's got to do with maybe we're pulling into the current or the current's coming back at us and so the tide or the current's bringing that fly to the boat faster than we're stripping so you may be stripping and you think you're stripping fast enough to impart some action on that fly and get a fish's attention but the current's actually moving it faster and you're actually creating more slack and the fly's just tumbling you know that works for if you're trying to be a nymph floating out a stream but you know, a shrimp doesn't tumble across the bottom or a, uh, you know, a mud minnow or a mullet doesn't tumble across the bottom. It, it's going to swim. So you have to keep action imparting it. Uh, you know, another thing I guess that would create slack in your rod or sorry, slack in your line when you're actually stripping in is chop on the water. So chop on the water with a floating line, your line's going up and down, riding up and down that chop. And that chop itself is creating slack in your line. The main thing with this is you just need to be aware if that's happening and then overcorrect. So you need to strip a little bit faster than the, than the current or the chop is bringing that fly back at you. So the good way to do that is if, you know, if you can see your fly, great. You know, that, that's part of the goal is to see your fly and see where it relates to fish when you're sight fishing in salt water. But if you can't see it, you should definitely be able to see the end of your fly line. Generally, it's a bright color. It's a blue or a green or a yellow. If you watch your tip of your fly line where it connects to your leader, as you're stripping, you can see if that tip of that fly line is just drifting back towards you or if it's actually popping along, matching your strips. So I'll use that as an indicator if I can't see my fly that, hey, my fly line's popping along. I know my fly is and I know the length of my leader and I know about where my fly is behind it as I'm presenting to those fish. Here's a big one. Uh, slacking their line when they're trying to uh, strip set on a fish, when they're trying to get a hook set on a fish. So this can be a few different things. One, they may not have the rod pointed 
straight at the fly and at the at the fish when they do that hook set. They've got their rod off to the right some or off to the left or they've lifted their rod tip up. And so imagine you've got a fish at 12 o'clock and you've cast to them, your flies at 12 o'clock, but for some reason you let your rod tip drift over to the right and it's pointing at two o'clock, say, and you're stripping. So now there's a different angle between your rod and your line itself. And if that fish eats and you go to strip strike them and do a hook set, your rod is actually going to bend towards that fish. So you're not coming tight like tug of war when you're hook setting that fish. Your rod is actually bending in towards where your rod should be pointing in the first place and creating slack. And you don't have that good hook set that you should have to be able to drive a hook home on a fish when you're saltwater fishing them. People do that all the time with the redfish. You know, they, they trout set or they have their rod off at a different angle. And even if they go to strip strike it, the fish is hooked for a few seconds and they get excited about it. And then the fish just throws the hook because it wasn't enough to drive that hook into their mouth. Another time that we get slack in our fly line when we're trying to get a hook set on a fish, uh, whether it's, you know, a, a flats fish or it's a fish in the ocean is when they're eating coming straight at you. So, you know, you got fish coming straight towards the boat. You cast to them, you're stripping, they overcome the fly, they eat it. And they're still coming at you. And a lot of times I've seen anglers, you know, not realize they can't feel the eat. It's not like the fish grabs it and he runs the opposite way, but you can see that fish eat. And if you watch that and pay attention to it, you know, you'll realize that you just need to start strip striking faster to try to get that line to come tight, to actually drive the hook home on that fish. Cause he's actually pushing the fly towards you and creating slack in your line as you're trying to get a hook set. Another time that I'll see slack in the line is if you're, you know, casting around obstacles like if we if we fish for tailing fish in the grass your fly line and your leader may sneak around or snake around the grass um and then you know again you you've got 22 foot of line out but your your cast is 18 feet away so somehow you got four foot of slack winding in and out of the grass and you'll watch that fish tail and he'll drop his head down and he'll slam that fly and if you don't watch that fish and realize he's eating it you won't feel it because he's got plenty of slack to play with so then you got to, you know, you got to watch that fish again and you got to strip strike enough, often enough and hard enough and long enough to finally take that slack out and, uh, and, and get that fish hooked up. So just remember the, the proper way to hook a fish in salt water. And, and honestly, this goes for 95% of the fish. So it's going to work for any of them. Um, when you cast to a fish, whether that fish is coming across sideways across your fly or going away from you or coming at you when you eat. Just remember your rod tips low, your rod and your line and your fly and your leader are all in one straight line, no matter which direction you're going and you're doing those strips and you're keeping your rod tip low. And when that fish eats, you're going to take your line stripping hand and you're just going to quickly uh, accelerate that next strip and bring it longer and bring it back to your hip, for example. And you should be able to hopefully clean up any slack and stretch in your line and come tight to that fish. That fish may turn and now you're hooked up. That fish may still be coming at you. It may take a second or a third strip sometimes, but you're doing long strip strikes while you're keeping your rod point low and straight at the fish. It's like tug of war. When you hook that fish, you and you're holding one in the line and that fish is holding the other end. Your rod's not doing anything to hook that fish. Not until you come tight on that fish. Then you can lift your rod a little bit. And if that fish is not burning out quick, then you're going to take your line hand and you're going to transfer it over to your rod hand and stick your line under your cork, just like you would with like a small trout. And you treat him like a small fish till he tries to get on the reel. You don't try to put him on the reel. Um, or if it's a real hot fish, like in, you know, like a tuna or a dolphin or a jack or something that's going to go fast, 
a lot of times when you have your rod low and you strip strike them and then you lift your rod up, you don't try to put your line under your stripping fingers under your cork and hold it. You just clear the line and you hold your hands apart and you watch that line jump up off the floor until he takes it to the reel. But the moral is, you know, let the fish take it to the reel. And so that brings us into the the last way that slack causes us to to not properly catch and land fish uh, when fly fishing. And that's getting slack in your line while trying to fight the fish. And so since we're talking about getting them on the reel, that's what happens a lot is, you know, I'll get an angler who hooks a redfish and, and redfish are bulldogs. They don't run far. They don't run fast. They just pull hard and don't want to turn their head. Uh, and you get them to the boat, they might want to run under the boat and try to break your leader or something like that. But, you know, they'll, they'll strip strike that fish and maybe they've got 20 feet of line on the boat that they've stripped in before they hook that fish. And then they've got that line pinned between their fingers and the cork and they take their reel hand or their line hand and they start reeling that reel up real quick to try to get the rest of that excess line up on that reel so they can fight the fish on the drag. And half the time when that's done, if you don't really know what you're doing, you lose a fish then. Because what happens is it takes your attention off the fish and it takes your attention off of keeping your rod bent. If your rod's bent, you've got tension on that fish and you're keeping that hook in his mouth. If that if you start focusing too much on getting them on the reel, that fish turns and, and makes a quick run towards you. Your rod tip goes slack. He creates slack in there, a quick head shake, and he drops that hook right out of his mouth. And I see it happen all the time. So, you know, I tell my anglers, hey, don't try to put him on the reel until he puts himself on the reel. And maybe he may never put himself on the reel. You may strip him in. You can still have a great fight. That fish is still a ton of fun. He'll keep that rod doubled over. But if he's not burning the line off, don't try to put him on the reel and take your focus off of keeping him tight. Your number one job is to keep that rod tip bent the entire time until we get that fish landed. So say you do have a fish that does move fast and he, you know, he's, he's like, you know, we fish Albies here. So that's always my example, but you know, we get an Albie, Albie may turn and run at you 20 miles an hour and you can't reel your line fast enough to, to take up the slack. So what do you do then? Um, so one technique that works well for big, fast fish, whether it's an Albie or a tarpon or anything else in between, is that if that fish comes to you, shove your rod tip into the water completely and just reel as fast as you can. And so when you shove your rod tip into the water, now none of your fly line is in the air. All your fly line is in the water. And as that fish circles around as he comes to you, you're creating drag and tension on your line as your line's being pulled through the water. And that tension generally, even if that fish is coming at you, is enough tension to keep that hook tight into his mouth until you can get caught up and get that slack line reeled in. Um, if you hide your, your rod tip up high above the water when he runs to you, you create so much more slack and lack of tension in the part of your fly line that's above the water that it's a lot easier for that fish to throw the hook. So often we have fish burn straight at us. We think we've lost the fish and he's just coming at us so quick in the ocean. And if you shove the rod in the water and reel as fast as you can, 80, 90% of the time, you will not lose that fish as he comes rolling towards you. So although slacking your fly line definitely isn't the only thing that lessens a fly angler's ability to catch fish or lessens their experience on the water or causes them frustration, it is one of the most prevalent problems that I notice. Um, I, I see it every single time I, I take a charter. You know, it may be very small. It may be only one of these things that we mentioned, or it may be multiple things and it's very noticeable, but it's something that all of us can, can work on and improve. And, and I think just having it in mind that slack is bad 
uh, whether it's in our pickup or our cast or our stripping or our hook set or fighting a fish. And we know that keeping tension all the time and always having contact between your, you know, your hands and your line and that fly, um, knowing that's a good thing and that's going to help you catch more fish and have a better day. Um, just knowing that alone will help improve your experience. Well, I think that's pretty much what I wanted to cover as far as uh, slack affecting our experiences as anglers um, and our, our ability to catch fish and have a good time and, and being frustrated with it and everything. So um, hopefully those little tips and, and thoughts of mine will uh, help you guys out a little bit and help improve your experience and, and help you guys be better fly anglers in the long run when it comes to saltwater fly fishing. So. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Just remember, if anything we talked about today helps y'all out, would highly, highly appreciate it if you could jump on your uh, podcast provider and give us a five-star rating and a review. And if you really liked it, then it'd mean a lot to us if you could just jump on your social media and, and, and share the podcast with your friends or just tell a friend about it who might get something out of it. That way we can kind of grow the podcast and get it in front of more people and uh, help some folks out. So. That's it. Hope you guys have a fantastic week. I appreciate you all so very much. Uh, Stay safe out there and we'll see you next time. Later.